0: What is up, guys? We're going to start with the podcast shout-out. As you'll notice, this episode we have studio-produced audio for the podcast shout-out segment, so uh, you can thank me for that, for not being lazy. Today's podcast shout-out is Echo On, a true crime podcast hosted by Chris and Christian. You'll notice I am saying this in a British accent, and that's because Chris and Christian themselves are British, and uh, I could listen to British accents all day long. Honestly, that's that's one of the reasons I really enjoyed this podcast. Exons <laughs> aside, uh, Echo On is a relatively new podcast, just actually a very new podcast, just started out this year, 2019. And it differentiates itself from other true crime podcasts uh, by focusing on aspects like the psychopathy or the background of the serial killer, um, the point of no return and also where they are now. Uh, it does cover some stories that are told in a lot of other podcasts, but I believe that Christian and Christian do a good job not only introducing a, a different aspect to that, but also with their great chemistry, good personalities, intelligent dialogue. And uh, the other cool thing they do is every other episode seems to be kind of, instead of focusing on a serial killer... Uh, It seems to be a topic like cults or mass disappearances or mini stories. So, anyway, go ahead and check out Echo On. They're on all social media and they also have a website, echoonpod.com. You can find them on iTunes and I believe just about everywhere you can get your podcasts. That being said, on with the show. I'm Ashley Chancellor. I'm Dakota Chancellor. And we We are are Collateral Collateral Gaming. Gaming.
1: Welcome to Collateral Gaming, the only video game podcast that matters, where we talk about good games, bad games, and everything else between in the world of gaming. We are podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420 friendly podcast, so smoke it if you've got it. I have Ashley here in the studio with me. Did, do you think of any uh, stupid one liners today, or is that my job?
0: I'm Jason Staten. Fun fact I've uh, been the lead role in all of the Transporter movies. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Oh, man, I knew that was coming. No, just uh, kidding. Fun
0: fact, I'm a married man now.
1: Yeah, you are. You want to talk about that?
0: Well, um, you know, we just went and got it done at the JP, and then in the money that we would have spent on like a ceremony, I took her out to a hotel and dinner reservation, and it was nice. Baby coming on the way next month, so super excited about that.
1: Uh, this month, you mean?
0: This month. Yeah, that's right. It is June. <laughs> so it can happen any time now, and hopefully we're not going to have to put the podcast on hiatus, but... Uh, Worst case scenario, our next episode's our season finale, and that's all we're waiting for to go on break, so.
1: Yeah. No, that's the plan. Well, we've also got Bo here in the studio with us today.
2: What's going on? Collateral Cinema in the house.
1: Yeah, and unfortunately, we couldn't get Robert. We couldn't hear his, as Ash stated before, a sweet, sweet baritone voice. Sweet baritone <laughs> voice. But uh it's sad not having him here, but we'll continue on as we can, you know, because it's Ash and I here. Right. Chancellor Brothers.
0: Chancellor Brothers are, are basically... We're, we're, we're your co-hosts. I, Bo and Robert are, are... You know, they're our Collateral Cinema co-hosts, so they just kind of stick around. We don't ask them to
1: actually play the games or anything, but... Sometimes we'll leave in the background playing the games a little bit if they want to,
2: but... But, yeah, it, yeah I'm not I'm not interested in doing that much work here, so, you know. And <laughs> yeah, he's
0: got his hands full with Collateral Cinema and Robert with the film making. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which we're all going to oh, yeah. work on together, but we'll have plenty of time to bullshit later. So... Uh, another segment of our show, of course, is uh, Collateral Gaming News, just a kind of mini news segment. Eventually, we may do kind of
1: a YouTube video here, but um, I understand E3 2019 is coming up. It is. I'm excited for that, uh, especially after all the fun stuff we got last year. That's exciting. Uh, getting us excited for this next year's one, like our Elder Scrolls six.
0: Yeah, which is supposedly supposed to, gameplay is supposed to last at least 10 years. God, that's crazy. I mean, Skyrim's kind of somewhat like that, though, in a way.
1: Oh, yeah, people to this day are still playing it and getting through the
0: story. And so doing so, doing
2: so what do you mean stuff. last 10 years? Is it just that kind, that replayable? or
0: I guess that's what they mean. Or maybe there's that much side content in it. If so, wow. that's really ambitious.
2: Yeah, I'd have to say that's ambitious.
0: Yeah, so I don't know. I'm, I'm excited about that. We're also excited about, because uh, we just found the... Uh, sorry. We just got the
1: release date for Death Stranding. Oh, God, we're so excited for that, because that is definitely in our plan for next season, actually.
0: Yeah, we've got it planned now since we have the scheduled date. We've been wanting to cover Death Stranding. We thought maybe as a bonus episode this season, but it turns out um, we are able to add it to our Season 2 roster uh, as as an official numbered episode. So uh, we're going to talk about that actually about a month after it comes out uh, to give us enough time to play it and be able to give you a spoilery review. Right. So that'll come out in December. Uh, after Season 2.
1: Anything else in the world of gaming? I can't think of anything. To get into this now, uh, we are playing the game The Last of Us. If you haven't uh, seen the title already. If you can't tell, I'm looting this episode now. I kind of uh, brought this game in. This was my idea, The Last of Us. Uh, I played it before Ash did. I was the one to buy it and download it on our PS4. And you know, he was excited for it. And you and I, I think we had already played Uncharted by this time. Another game by Naughty Dog.
0: Yeah, Uncharted. Um, we actually had the
1: Uncharted trilogy, which is another future episode. It is. We're yes, that is one of our plans eventually. Which I assume we'll be doing all of them. Is that the plan, or are we doing that uh, well, bundle? We're doing that bundle, the trilogy. Right. And
0: I felt it was it was the best opportunity to talk about all three Uncharted games, and that's actually kicking off season two. So there we go. That'll be a season two premiere.
1: That sounds good. Uh, well, going on with that, the uh, the directors of this game, uh, it was developed by Naughty Dog, but the directors themselves are Bruce Straley and Neil Druckmann. Uh, a little story behind Neil Druckmann, who's the current VP of Naughty Dog. Uh, he went to Carnegie Mellon University, and he was tasked with creating a video game concept for the aforementioned George Romero, who we talked about in the House of the Dead episode. Oh yeah, with collateral cinema, right, uh, Bo. Uh, if you remember this, this if you were listening here, he uh, he created uh, George Romero. You know movies by him, like like a Night uh, of yeah, Dead, right? know, the,
2: the living the initial Living Dead trilogy. Right. He he, he continued making uh, Living Dead movies up till I think he was ma- about to make one up till the moment that he died. You know, the day That's that he crazy. died. So, but I mean, his his original three movies in the trilogy; those are typically seen as the top zombie movies of all time. I mean, it's pretty much where it begins. It's where modern horror begins. So and it's been so influential on both filmmaking and on gaming as well. I guess Bo's our resident Cinephile here today. Yeah yeah. I mean, oh. We're
0: Cinephiles too, but we're yeah. we're kind of a separate subgeneration than Bo and Robert as well. Yeah,
2: I'm I'm I am rather familiar with a lot of the eighties genre films. So and 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 eighties and beyond, you know, even going back to like the forties and fifties and stuff like that. We 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 get into lots of interesting stuff. you know but I mean lately we've been doing more 80s and 90s stuff so
0: yeah yeah I'm excited to work with collateral cinema (laughs) but uh, in the world of collateral gaming
1: Uh, well as I'm going on talking about Uncharted Last of Us was made uh, after Uncharted 2 Um, it was actually kind of it was a there was a co-team project where they they split the Naughty Dog employees into two teams to work on the two separate games Uncharted 3 the Last of Us. Oh, that's really interesting. And, yeah, it's really interesting because these both these games, they have such... They're beautiful, both of them, and they're a great storyline, and you wouldn't know that there was only half the crew working on it. You know what I mean? That they were split into two teams because they're just as amazing as any other video game, I would think.
0: Yeah, no, these games don't feel rushed at all, I would say. Um, in fact, The Last of Us is one of the best quality games I've ever seen coming from the PS3 era. Agreed. Um, there are several conventions of modern gaming i think that kind of started here in this game and when you play it it doesn't feel all that dated and and sometimes when you play a last generation title it does right Uh, in this case though i think this was right at the forefront and you can kind of see where this franchise will go in the future of course with part two which we'll talk about later right right yes that's the plan and knowing that you can take the ingenuity of the last of us with some of the more modern aspects of gaming really excites me.
1: yeah no I agree i'm I'm excited for the for the future. Uh, naughty dog is an amazing studios you know, yeah they they have done fantastic with their games clearly I mean this game is is beautiful. I'm watching this game and it's like a movie I mean the the cinematic the cinematics they use the the everything the the scenery the scenery the everything is just beautiful it's such a movie like.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with it feeling like a movie. But just to circle back a moment, um, because you mentioned Uncharted, and I think you can definitely see elements of Uncharted. Oh yeah, in The Last of Us,
1: you can. No, you can totally see that. And there's so many moments where you're like, "Well, I know I'm going to have to climb this." You know, it is so uncharted feeling. You know,
0: You, you know what it is? It's the um, it's the team up actions. Right. Where you where you uh boost somebody up a wall and then they pick you up or and in a lot of cases with joel and ellie you just send ellie up and she'll throw a ladder down or something
1: uh the the combat i mean the combat's very similar uh it's a little harder to do there's a little less i guess uh, what's the word i'm looking for i guess you don't have as much freedom with it it's kind of kind of restricted yeah when you're playing last of us but when it's uncharted you're more free and it's it's more of a fighting game than the last of us is
0: Yeah, everything in The Last of Us actually is pretty scripted if you look at it. Right. But they definitely give you the illusion of a more open world uh, throughout the game. You don't necessarily feel restricted. And like Uncharted, it's a very linear game, and it proves that linear games still work in today's world. And and that uh, open world gaming is not the end-all, be-all. It doesn't have to be a universal standard. You can make a damn good linear game, and, and I think the linearity in this case actually adds to the aspect of it feeling
1: like a movie. Right. Exactly. Because there's only one way the person's going to go. You know.
0: Yeah. And, and the narrative is extremely compelling. I mean, literally, like like I said, this feels straight up out out of the quality. I mean, and I'm not going to say that movies always necessarily have a better quality to them, uh, cinematically than than games do. But as a as a whole, video games tend to focus not just on the storytelling aspect, but also the the gameplay aspect, you know, especially with Nintendo titles like Zelda, which is my favorite series, but you know that they they put gameplay first, story in the backseat. Um, but then you have games like The Last of Us that are definitely very story driven, and um, it, it really surprised me because you have a focus on story that um, you sometimes only see in, in, in blockbuster films, and this feels like a blockbuster film.
1: Agreed. Well, speaking of the story here, I mean, and what did you what did you think about the story itself? How how did they how did they do in this in the storytelling oh i mean it grips you the entire time Uh, oh i knew that was kind of what you're going to get at because that's exactly what it is and you get compelled to play this and watch this it pulls you in you know
0: and it's an excellent story And, and maybe aspects of the story itself aren't anything you've never seen before um but it's a good collection of tropes together that that really makes you appreciate uh the the focus of story here
3: what if it's true
4: do i need to remind you what is out
3: there once upon a time i had somebody that i cared about and in this world that sort of shit's good for one thing get you killed I need something smuggled out of the city. It's just cargo, Joel.
4: I just want some simple gear enough to set me on my way. I reckon it's got something to do with that girl. It's got everything to do with that little girl.
3: It can't be any worse than in here. Can it? We're shitty people, Joel. It's been that way for a long time. No, no we are survivors. This is our chance! It is over, Tess! What are you
4: so afraid of? You're treading on some mighty thin ice here. What do we do? You make every shot count. (laughs) You see, I believe everything happens for a reason. We don't have to do this. You know that, right?
3: After all we've been through, everything that I've done, it can't be for
1: nothing. It's almost as if this was like meant to be a proof that a video game can be just as great as a movie. The story of a video game be, can be just as compelling.
0: Exactly, and that's something I've been wanting to to see proven for years now. Of course. Is that, you know, there's just as much, in fact, I believe that games could be the dominant form of storytelling in the future, because in a way, um, there's an interactive quality that it's not quite the same in a movie, In a oh. movie, um, Okay, I'll go with this, like Easter eggs, right? Yeah. In a video game, you have that extra aspect where you can learn more about the lore of the world by paying attention, and that is in The Last of Us. It is used
1: ridiculously, actually.
0: There is a lot of background information and lore that can right. be gained that only enhances the story, and yet you can tell a complete story without it. Exactly,
1: and it's it's a really good job of that. There's there's hidden notes everywhere with people, you know, just scribbling down their last words before they're dying. There's just notes to their loved ones. There's voice recorders. There's so many things you'll find. Firefly pendants. Those yeah. They're just kind of collectibles, though, but... It's three-dimensional storytelling. Yeah.
0: Because, uh, and that that's why argument as to why games can become the dominant form of storytelling in the future is because there is that additional element, that additional uh, dimension of going and finding things yourself and controlling the experience yourself. And especially with, like, a horror game. And this game definitely has horror aspects. Oh, of course. Um...
1: You know, the next step is 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 this VR. I mean, look at VR now. You're yeah. so engrossed in that. It's, it's real. I want to do PT on VR. Oh, that would be freaky, bro. <laughs> Walking down that hallway over and over and over again.
0: Yeah, or, or really, you know, Silent Hills or a Resident Evil game in general. Right. Well, speaking of PT,
1: I know we plan on doing a mini-episode on that one day. We
0: do. That's a surprise, though, so...
1: But yeah, no, we do plan on doing that. I'm excited because we do have some lost footage of Ash playing the game.
0: Yeah, we do. <laughs> so that, that'll kind of serve as our uh, Let's Play.
1: Right. And it's kind of some some old footage that he got his first time around. Unfortunately, we do not have the game anymore on our PS4, so we're going to have to find a way to get it somehow. It's going to be an interesting episode. It um, will be. We're
0: going to have to rely a lot on our memories, but we played that game so many times. Oh, God. I We will bring our friends over to play that game. But... <laughs> That's kind of, you know, and PT really drove that forward for me, the idea of playing a horror game. And this element, that element uh, exists also in The Last of Us. Um, I want to say, like, there are times where you're definitely very creeped out and you yourself are afraid to explore and adventure outside because at any moment a zombie can come out at you.
1: At any time. I mean, it's proven over and over and over again. Fucking clickers and bloaters, dude. The clickers, the clickers will kill you instantly if you don't have a shiv.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and... Um, it's pushing yourself to go forward continually, uh,
1: which is at times terrifying, right? And that's what brings the scripted aspect that we talked about to life. Yeah, you know, because it's scripted, but you don't know it, and it—that's well. Yeah, I guess you do know it, and you're like you're forced to go one way. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And this game also has a
1: really well implemented. Um. I know what you're gonna say. Very well implemented. In game way of disallowing you to go back in the game,
0: you know. Uh, Oh yeah, no, um, that's true. But it also keeps you on your feet. That's what that's what I wanted to say is that the game constantly forces you to for for quick thinking. There's a quick thinking aspect uh, in any situation, you know, like where you turn on that generator in that one room and there's a bloater, and you're you're screwed. You just have to run, and you don't may not know that the first time you play through, but you need to to juggernaut run past those. You have to think quickly yes and adapt to the situation right
1: you have to think like a person would in the movie i mean what are they going to do are they going to sit there and pick off every single little zombie no what kind of movie does that you don't see that happen maybe the walking dead every once in a while but you know yeah there are times when it's more convenient to sneak
0: past exactly zombie
1: or, or a human enemy and it's almost like implied that that's what you're supposed to do sometimes you'll see pathways you're like if i take this i will avoid zombies you know i can do this
0: yeah and that that feeds into the survival aspect because you have a limited number of resources in the exactly. game. Exactly. Bullets, uh, crafting materials that allow you to w- craft items, which you can do on the fly, such as uh, med kits, uh, nail bombs, smoke bombs, and uh, Molotovs. Right. Kind of that uh, dying
1: light aspect there. You're very right about that. That was a. That's another game we plan to do in the future. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, another. That, that's another zombie game. Zombie survival horror. <laughs>
0: Right. Now, the zombies in this game are pretty interesting, right? There's a whole lore behind those, and you have multiple stages of infection. In this game, they call it infected, because, of course, one of the tropes of zombie films and zombie games is that we don't use the word zombie in the narrative, and, and we, we acknowledge that uh, zombie fiction does not exist in their universe. Right. Which seems to be the case here, as they call them the infected, which actually is a fungal parasite, correct?
1: Yeah, no, they talk about it in, in in the game. It's another one of those hidden things you can find, Easter egg wise. I found one sign that it talked about the infected and how it was, you know, originally, you know, engi- engineered more more or less, you know.
0: Yeah, the Cordyceps infection and how it infects. Ah, there it is. And That's it, the name. it creates plating on the body that makes, uh, and also uh, infects, uh, covering the senses like the eyes. Um, and this game has stages of
1: infection where... It builds around the brain, is what it really does.
0: Yeah, and then the zombies that have, uh, it is a, a brain infection, and the zombies that have survived for longer end up being tougher, Right, with, with the bloaters being the zombies that have been around for 10 years. At least. At least, yeah. And, and those guys are most basically mini-bosses. More or less. Or, or bosses, I, c- I guess you could say. The closest this game has to bosses,
1: right? And, and in the beginning, I mean, there's one that you're literally like the one we talked about. You run from it, and there's no way to kill it. I mean, it's you can't do that much damage in the beginning of the game with all the weapons and resources you have. Yeah. At least in hard mode, which by the way is what we played in, because it was you get to really see the the survival aspect, the limited resources in that mode. Yeah, I think it's like a lot decreased because you'll open drawers and there's nothing in it. It's like, why did I open this drawer? <laughs> but you would play in easy mode and there'd be something in that drawer normally
0: yeah and you have to play intelligently right, with the, uh, the limited resources and the hard mode I guess really accentuated that as well as making the enemies feel more dangerous I mean they could kill you at any time
1: any time I mean I remember the last part of the game I played there was these guys with assault rifles and you cannot dash towards them if they have assault rifles you will no. die yeah. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. You you can't do anything about it. So this game has a lot of that. There is a certain way to get through enemies. There is a certain way to stealth kill them. There is a certain way to get past them. Hell, clickers
0: remain a threat throughout the entire game the and they're entirety int- of they're the game. introduced very early and they're tough enemies in and the of themselves. Up until the end you can get caught by one if you're not paying attention uh, it. Uh, unsuspected, you know. Uh yeah, they if they approach you, they will instantly kill you unless you have the upgrade now, this game does allow you to upgrade over time. You get new weapons through the story. You can upgrade those weapons by finding all of the tools and 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 tool parts. Right, and then also uh, there there are skills that you can collect by collecting. I, it has like a pill
1: icon. Right, it's like medicine. It's like your it's like that little pills, but it, it allows you to upgrade your your personal things like your listen mode distance, your maximum health, your crafting speed, your your healing speed, things like that.
0: Yeah, so you've got basically a skill tree in this game. And then also you have both the crafting component for uh, usable items and the uh, upgradable craftable component for your weapons. Right. Which makes the game easier to play as you
1: go on, although the game does get harder. The game gets harder, so it really ends up, you're never in a point where you have more than enough resources.
0: Right. You have to think intelligently. Even there's a part where you get the flamethrower, which makes bloaters easy. Right. But then you're hit with two bloaters and
1: a bunch of enemies around, including clickers. And So you have to strategically just kill all the zombies around it, not kill the bloaters, and then finish all the bloaters with the flamethrowers.
0: And we decided at that point in the game, in order to not waste our resources, we ended up wanting to just uh, just to punch the runners, which is the first basic yes. stage. And not u- wasting shivs or, or bullets on them.
1: I guess we should mention that those are the three stages: your original runners, your clickers, and then your bloaters.
0: No, is um, stage four. I think there's something in between, is there really? but we don't see them often in the game. There's something in between clicker and bloater, but they're for whatever reason they're not they're not in the game. Or Interesting. It, maybe
1: it's between runner and clicker. I'm not sure. Well, I've there, seen the ones that have like clicker buildup, and they have a higher sense of sound.
0: There, there is another stage I know, and uh, it, it, they're not seen nearly as often as the as the clickers and the runners are and and even the
1: bloaters oddly enough that is interesting was it stalkers
0: stalker you know i think that was it it was stalkers now that i
1: remember i remember them talking about it so i think that might make sense i think it would be runner stalker clicker bloater yeah because i've seen the stalkers they have like the clicker build up on their face but only on part of it you know
0: Okay, so it's stage two, actually, It's the Stalker, which is interesting because the Clickers are stage three, and they seem to be more common in the game than the Stalkers are.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely more common. I see Clickers way more. Yeah,
0: which is is very strange. They're definitely more in tune, and and they can hear you better, I believe.
1: Oh, yeah. If you're walking in water, at the end of the game, they actually do this. If you're walking in water, the waves will—I mean, you could be, like, ten feet from them, but the waves will run across their legs, and they will—
0: come after you. In a way, I think they are kind of more of a threat than the, the clickers are, because right. they, can, they can see and hear you. Making uh, it way harder to stealth kill them. And, and they can instant kill you.
1: They no, no, they don't them. instant kill you, that's right. They are tough, though. But, They're tougher than runners.
0: Although clickers can instant kill you, you can avoid them pretty easily, because they can't see. You just have to move very slowly and very approach them, slowly. and it, usually stealth kill them, or hit, shoot them in the face with a shotgun is really your
1: options. Right, and it's usually pretty effective either way. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, or, but, or hit him
0: with a brick three times is your favorite method.
1: Oh, I figured that out pretty early on because in the beginning of the game, I went to up to a clicker and I had to kill it, you know, and I had nothing else but a brick. So sure enough, it works. If you just hit them three times unsuspectingly, they bam. will die. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> yep. No, they will die. Most Don't miss cargers. a hit, though, because they will get you. Yeah. <laughs> you miss one hit and they will come after you. Yeah. You have to you have to get the three combo.
0: Also, uh, that element exists during the times that you play as Ellie, within the game.
1: Right. Yeah, that does happen.
0: And then the DLC, which we'll bring up uh, later, and and Ellie is not nearly as much of a melee fighter. There are, are a few moments in the game where you play as her, and she actually fo- relies a lot more on stealth, as she has a, a switchblade that uh, doesn't isn't used up like shivs are. But uh, her melee ability is almost non-existent.
1: Oh God! You can't fight a runner with her. <laughs> I mean, at all, Zilch. Yeah. so
0: but most of the game takes place uh, under the control of Joel, and so you have the same uh, the same items and and upgrades throughout the game, uh, and you can work with those. Although the beginning prologue segment you play as his daughter Sarah, which was really really cool moment of, of cinematic storytelling, again, doing what would have been a, a cutscene in most other games and making it interactable. Uh, absolutely. And that was really beautiful, actually, and also sad. I mean, man, like like we said, with the story being as compelling as it is, I mean, I, I teared up after watching the prologue after uh, his daughter Sarah dies. Right,
1: and that's that's what ends up happening. You play as your daughter, the daughter Sarah, the whole time in the beginning, and you think you're gonna play as her throughout the game, you know. And I mean, you see the cover art, but you don't know it's a different girl at first, you know. You're like, oh, a young girl, you play as her, but and then she just dies. And just there in the beginning, there's
0: another moment right there in the house. In order to learn more about what's going on in the background, because th- this is basically day zero of when the infection happens. But there's a little bit on the news, and I, I guess I missed it on my playthrough. But when when we were playing together, I noticed, uh, yeah, you would go into the room and you could you could see the TV playing and talking about, um, talking about the event. I guess the first news of it, but before right. identifying it, just saying I guess that people were being hostile and aggressive.
4: Oh, this is bad. Everyone and their mother had the same damn idea. We could just backtrack and Hey, what the fuck, man? Let's go! Oh, oh, shit. Shit. That was all right. Tommy. Tommy! Holy shit! <laughs> what the fuck just happened. What the fuck just happened? Did you see that? Yes. I saw. Here. Come on, people, move.
3: What are they running from?
4: Get us out of here. I'm trying.
3: Oh no. Look out! There's another one!
4: We can't stop here Tommy. I can't
3: fucking drive through them! Go.
4: Back up there! They're behind me too! There, <sighs> there, there! Hold on! Go! Look out! <laughs> Daddy, hey, hey. Get back, get back. Here, baby. Come here, come. Give me your hand. Run! What is it? My leg hurts. How oh, bad? How bad? You don't need to run. Oh, God. Keep us safe. Come on, baby. Now hold on tight. It's okay. <laughs> good. <Get>. I'm scared. <laughs> honey! Oh, no. oh my God! Keep running! Those people are on fire. Don't look, Sarah. Oh. Keep looking at me, baby. Oh God! Over there! We're gonna get out of this. Get up through the fence. Keep going. Find the way out of here. Come on. Go. Get to the highway. Go. You got Sarah. I cannot run him. Uncle Tommy? I will meet you there.
3: Hurry. Daddy, we can't leave him.
4: He's gonna be fine. We're almost there. No. Sarah. Move your hands, baby. I know, baby. I know. God. Listen to me. I know this hurts. Baby. You're going to be okay, baby. Stay with me. All right. I I'm to pick you up. I know, baby. I know it hurts. Come on, baby. Please. I know, baby. I know. Sarah. Baby. Don't do this to me, baby. Don't do this to me, baby. Come on.
0: yeah, man, what a sad moment, right, to start the game off and then cut 25 years later. And we've got this very grizzled, very jaded um, character, Joel, who uh, himself is very guarded. Obviously, he's not dealt with that tragedy well. I mean, he seems to have pushed away
1: his family, his only family, Tommy.
0: Yeah, he does have the kind of implied romance with Testa, which is interesting.
1: Right, and that's shown in the beginning there in the military compound, which they live in um but you you meet you do meet Tess and you see Joel the character and you you start to realize that you know he's the main character you know at this point you're going to be playing as him but he he's this almost morally gray not even almost he is morally gray he's absolutely gray
0: oh, oh yeah the the decisions he makes especially at the end of the game oh
1: god it, it's intense he he'll do anything you know it, it into what he believes in
0: yeah he's a very he's a very three-dimensional character and his relationship with ellie actually is the forefront of the game and i I believe really what the story hinges on of course ellie is a girl that's immune to the infection which makes her important and the entire mission of the game is actually to get her to a group called the fireflies um, which is a militant rebellion group i guess against the the military oppression which um in, in the 25 years since the infection started people are quarantined and strict curfews are placed and the soldiers are kind of dicks
1: oh of course they are i mean it's a you know a post-apocalyptic world what do you expect well
0: that's (laughs) who killed sarah in the beginning it was a very interesting point and i think it was made intentional because a zombie didn't kill sarah A zombie didn't kill a human did a human killed sarah a soldier um who was following orders and, and, and at first was hesitant but followed them nonetheless and, and I think that's the aspect that, you know, at the end of the game when Joel decides, you know, kind of to go fuck the world because, you know, what has the world ever done for me? And you you can't disagree with Joel in that and based on what's been treated, especially given that, that foreshadowing in the beginning. And every character you meet, even the ones that are your allies per se, you know, like uh, Tommy, who's kind of a reluctant ally. I mean, he throws you to the side and he says, don't come back. Absolutely. Even though you kind of build a connection and you get to love his character. Um, sorry, not Tommy. Tommy's his brother. I'm sorry,
1: that was the other guy. Oh, his friend. Uh, what was his name? A Bob? Robber? Robbie? Bobby, Bobby? Bobby, I think. Was that Hold right? On. Maybe I'm wrong.
0: We're gonna look it up. We do our research here at Collateral Gaming and we always make sure to have correct information. And I know that I said Tommy. Tommy's his
1: brother. Um,
0: and that's an interesting relationship I do want to touch on.
1: Which he's another character that was shown up in the beginning of the movie, actually. Uh, movie I, I say movie because it might as well be a movie. It's, it's a movie, right? It is a movie, but in the beginning of the game, the, the prologue section, you actually meet Tommy, and he's he's your brother in the beginning, and he he witnesses or not witnesses, he is aware of Sarah's death.
0: Yeah, he's there. Um, the character that you meet that's supposedly your friend is is Bill.
1: Bill, that's it.
0: Bill, and he's the paranoid character that who himself has this implied relationship with his lover it's all ultimately tragic and then we learn that bill learns to not trust anybody and joel hasn't quite gotten to there in that in that point i mean he's on his way there because he's so guarded but he's not he's not like bill
1: not quite like bill exactly he um that's another i guess zombie video game or movie trope is that psycho character
0: yeah, you know, the paranoid, the character. paranoid
1: one, and we've got that here, and I think they do a good job of that,
0: uh, giving him even that character depth, and showing that he had a lover, and then Ellie finding his his pornographic magazine. Yes, <laughs> oh, that was so
1: funny. But yeah, that was a that was a cool storytelling moment because you learn later that actually Ellie is also um, homosexual. For her, what was her name, Riley? Right. Yeah. Yeah, Riley. Yeah, we learn about that in the DLC later. Well, I I, I try not to even really see that as a thing. I think right. love is love. I think maybe they were trying to bring that in because it was big in today's society. You know. Yeah,
0: it's excellent representation. We have a character Bill who's not even necessarily a good character who who's gay and and he just is right. Right, and the, no one in the game is like, and he's isn't treated okay with it, just like everyone else. Exactly. And, and even as a character, he's not given special treatment or anything. So it, it doesn't feel like shoehorned in like some people would think.
1: Exactly. I agree, um, I agree completely.
0: And Ellie's relationship, I mean, it, that's very evident as well. And feels very realistic. That, I think, is going to be explored more in the next game. Hopefully. Yeah. So and I'm really interested to see. Now, of course, though, and we've been hinting at it, Joel and Ellie's relationship is very important. I mean, he takes her on basically as a surrogate daughter. And, and they get closer and closer throughout the game. It's amazing how well that blends. There's a moment, too, where the both characters are not willing to like admit that they have this relationship, or, or at least Joel isn't. And he specifically says, you're not my daughter. Which is basically kind of a Freudian slip, because, I mean, why, why would she even assume that? You know what I mean? Exactly. But she, she's the daughter that he lost. And, and he's the, the parent that she never had. It fits like a puzzle. <laughs> yeah. And and then just seeing that transformation of him just to a character from a character that's very guarded and doesn't ever let his guard down, doesn't ever let anybody in, getting his walls broken by this little girl who's spunky, who's who's kind of like his daughter in an ironic way, you know? Even though, you know, it's 25 years difference and he even says, I think you and Sarah would have been friends. And then seeing him at the end choose to to save her At the sacrifice of the world, because she's the cure, right? And once he brings her to the Fireflies, which at one point he almost lets his brother Tommy do it, and that's another interesting relationship. A character he drives away, but they still love each other, but there's still, like,
1: resentment somewhere. But they still trust each other, because he trusts him to have Ellie.
0: And ultimately, that's where they go back to. But in any case, he tries to put it off on on Tommy, and then uh, Joel realizes that he is going to take Ellie with him that's a big turnaround point in the game. You know what I mean? That is the moment where everything turns around and you realize, and these characters finally fully embrace their their relationship. And it's wonderful. And just seeing the interactions between them, getting him to talk more about his past, telling her he's going to teach her how to play guitar, and 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 her telling him to, to go teach her how to swim later, and they already know they're going to live together. And then at the end, you know, uh, like I said, because she's the cure, they're going to reverse-engineer a vaccine for all of humanity. The problem is is that because the infection's in the brain, it will kill her. Um, and Joel is not willing to let Ellie die, even at, even at the cost of the world. And that's the, mo- the moment where I think he says, you know, fuck the world. What have these people ever done for me? Why should I care? Um, he does lie to her, Ellie in the end, which is interesting. And I think that will come up in the next game. Definitely a big plot point in the next one. Yeah. He lies to her to protect her because obviously she would have been willing to sacrifice herself. But he's not willing to because he lost his daughter before and he's not going to do it again. So
1: let's build off that. That selfishness right that he has, that morally gray character. Why do you think Naughty Dog represented him that way?
0: I think it makes for a game that appeals to a mature audience. And I think it makes for a very compelling story because we have a character that's not perfect. We have a character that's human. We have a character that is acting realistically in the world of a zombie apocalypse. I I, I mean, he's fucked up. I mean, he has been fucked
1: up. She is too. And she She admits
0: the end of the game is is her talking about her survivor's guilt as they head back to Tommy's uh, dam.
1: Which obviously both of them have. Yeah, he he doesn't admit it, but he he, he has survivor's guilt as well.
0: He does, in a way. He says, you know, I've had difficulty surviving too. Right. Uh, Come
3: on. Hey, wait. Ah.
0: And that connects back to her relationship with Riley, which is explored in Left Behind, which is part, uh, intercool, part like taking place during the events of Last of Us, and part in the past and a flashback happening just prior
1: right. to the events. We only recently started that one because we just beat Last of Us tonight. Tonight, yeah. yeah. But, um, well, again, I've already beat it once prior to this, but hence why I'm leading the episode. <laughs> but anyway, no, this would be our first time playing Left Behind. And I find that to be interesting, this DLC, to go back into her backstory while also, you know, a media arrests The Last of Us. You know what I mean? You're in the middle of it. Yeah. And... You remember that scene? You know, it starts to show the scene where you know you fall off the horse. You get your you know, your rebar and that's through your the, body.
0: That's the point of the game during which you play Ellie in right. The Last of Us, which is really cool. Um, but this represents uh, the Left Behind is entirely Ellie, and it's basically like Infamous First Light was for Second Sign. It's a standalone DLC um, that in it, in its own right is a a slightly smaller version of the game featuring <laughs> the female lead, right? Which is which is really cool. So there's definitely a lot of aspects there. And having a similar but slightly different gameplay styling and combat style.
1: Okay, Ash. So what do you know about The Last of Us 2? What do you know so far?
0: Well, part The Last of Us Part 2 is going to come out. I don't think there's a release date yet. But they've released trailers. And they've released some gameplay uh, content finally. Now, The Last of Us Part 2 takes place five years after The Last of Us. And it centers again on Ellie, who now is 19 years old, and Joel is much older as well, and he's he's mentioned, well,
1: five years older,
0: which would be 30 years after the events of the beginning, right?
1: Uh, if you say it's 25, I believed it was 20, but I could be wrong. 25 or 30 years, I guess, after uh, over,
0: after everything. Right. The, yeah, the game will be played completely from her perspective, and she's grown up, and it also seems to be, from my experience watching the gameplay content, it looked like, now I don't know if it was the same illusion, of open world that allows you to to feel like there's there's different opportunities but really it's it's all scripted which is which is genius i'm not i'm not hating on it i think at it's, all it's brilliant i don't know if, if it's that or if the game really actually has expanded in giving you which i would be happy with as well i think it would be a unique aspect not necessarily to make the game open world but if there are in fact different what it looked like different cinematics for doing something that it didn't seem to be pointed towards. Like, get, she hides under a car at one point, and the enemies react and start searching for her under the car. And it's it's actually, like, it looks like a cutscene. So I thought that was interesting. Is, the, is that specifically to play, like, when you enter the car and only if? Or are is that, again, the illusion, and we're kind of directed there?
1: Yeah, and it's a smart idea to make those, your, your NPCs, smarter. Yeah. You know, because that's what brings... To the survival of the game. That's what I love about this game already. Is that you know you already have to be quiet as I'll get out. I mean you have to sneak around always because there's zombies at any moment. Sorry, infected at any moment. Yeah,
0: and, and open combat is very difficult. And in Last of Us Part Two, it looks like it's even more brutal. That's crazy. Ellie, Ellie, I saw some really cool tricks, and, and the game just looks so much more fluid. Um, if there's anything, any experience I had with playing this game that was less than optimal, and this is only playing it now because I didn't play it before when it came out. The game did feel a little bit more rigid than modern games, and I guess that's what I mean. It feels, I guess, just a little bit dated when you play it, at least when you're getting right. used to it. But then you play it, and it's amazing, and you're hooked, and you can't stop. Um, so it, it it
1: really does stand up. Absolutely, Still, it was uh, it was another you know big point of its time. It, it was ahead it's ahead of its time.
0: Ahead of its time. I think that uh, the Last of Us may even have influenced because it was a triple A title. You know, I think it may have influenced. The, the face of modern gaming, and, and especially the stealth aspect, which is, you know, you can uh, go at it with stealth, but if you fail, you're going to have to do open combat. Assassin's Creed features that to an extent as well, but I really like the way The Last of Us implemented it. I mean, for one, stealth was more realistic. Instead of feeling like a mode you go into, stealth feels like, okay, shit, I could fuck this up at any time. And I have to be really careful. And you can make stupid mistakes like somebody would in real life. Like they're not gonna flawlessly pull off stealth. I mean, it's so dependent on on luck sometimes, even. And this game, I think, realistically depicts that. Or at least it's very hard to strategize. Not only that, but one cool aspect was, you know, you have different animations for stealth versus open combat, which we discussed before. Um, if you stealth kill an enemy while you're trying to be stealthy. You'll, Joel will do it quietly, but if he stealth kills an enemy in open combat, meaning another enemy can see him, or that's the last enemy there, he won't waste his time doing it slowly and he'll smash their head in, which is which is a move that would alert other enemies in the area.
1: Right, because it's loud and it, you're making a big scene.
0: But what's cool, and that's not new, lots of games like Assassin's Creed have different animations for stealth versus uh, open combat. But, um, I liked that it it would do that even if it was just the last enemy in the room.
1: That yeah, That was cool. That, that was, was really well cool. thought. We were in a hallway, and there were three zombies. I stealth killed the first two and the last one I was stealth killed as well, or at least I thought I was stealth killing it. But, you know, and I killed it, and I'd smash his head instead of, you know, choking it out. Yeah, that was cool.
0: Um, and so the game definitely has a, a challenge to it, a difficulty that, um, I don't really haven't really seen anywhere else. I would say. I mean, I I see part of that kind of coming forward in like Tomb Raider which definitely felt like it was kind of influenced by Uncharted as well. Agreed. Uh, The new Tomb Raider, but yeah, overall and even the new Assassin's Creed kind of reworked their whole stealth versus open combat, which I think kind of reflects a trend that started with this game.
1: Agreed. Well, you mentioned earlier how you you see that The Last of Us seems dated. Uh, Just just a little bit, and I, I see what you mean. And I would like to say that at least from my experience, I would say that has to do with the fact that well, it was a PlayStation Three game originally. You yeah. know, it wasn't orig- originally a PlayStation Four game, and they didn't have all the resources, I guess, available to them. Yeah, because you know? they did the best with what they could. They did amazing with the split team working on Uncharted Three. The other team working on The Last of Us. I mean, that was that's that's talent.
0: Uncharted Two or Uncharted Three?
1: Three is after Uncharted Two. It was Three and The Last of Us. At the okay, same time. gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, yeah, it. It's a PS3 game,
0: and at times you can feel that because, you know, there's the limitations of the hardware. But at other times, it's very convincing that it is more modern, and and it feels very ahead of its time. Not only that, but, I mean, the graphics even hold up today. Now, of course, we were playing a remastered version of the game, so obviously uh, the graphics were toned up for us. I think that was when you originally played it too, right? was the remastered version on PS4. Yeah, that's the one I had bought. So obviously that makes the game feel a little bit more in line with games of today. But I know that it, it can't have been too much of a difference. It would have just been polishing, you know. And I don't I don't think they reworked the character
1: models from the ground up or anything. Right, I don't think so either. That would, that would have taken a lot more work than necessary. No.
0: That is actually a recent trend uh, in gaming as well, is remastering last-gen games at the, kind of the end of the cycle for the next generation. And I believe Ubisoft is trying to to do that with Assassin's, all the Assassin's Creed titles eventually, is, is remaster all of them. Um, I think they could do a full-out remake of the first Assassin's Creed, and even do make it like canonical in the present time, as somebody else is reliving uh, Desmond's memories through the Animus, and that will explain for things being different. But it has a new present-day storyline. But anyway, th- that that's just my theorizing. I guess we we can save that for an Assassin's Creed episode. Right,
1: our fan theories got to throw them out there. Like, uh, I guess you want to talk about. Theories or ideas. I heard that uh, Maisie Williams expressed enthusiasm for uh, wanting to do in the new movie for The Last of Us. If you know the the plan was, if she were to be the the actress for Ellie.
0: I think they should just do Ellen Page, though.
1: I agree as well.
0: Except Ellen Page, I guess, is a little old. But then again, don't older
1: older actresses always play like teenage actresses or and an actors vice versa? You know, generally, yes. As uh, our dear friend Robert would have mentioned, every high school student in a movie is played by like a 25 year old or yeah. or older, you know. Although like, uh, Ellie is 14 in this
0: game. So I don't right. know if they could pull it off. But Ellen Page, I mean obviously the character she looks like she she was definitely modeled after Ellen Page, but oh, yeah.
1: she's actually modeled after her own actress I believe. They uh, have Ashley Johnson I believe is the voice actress.
0: Ashley Johnson I think did the motion capture and the voice acting. Yeah. And
1: then of course Troy Baker with uh, Joel.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah, Troy Baker is another is not an, is a big name. He was in Infamous as well. Of course he Troy did,
1: Baker is everywhere.
0: Yeah. Uh Troy Baker did Delson Rowe. Also Payne and Naruto. Didn't he do Nathan Drake? No, that's Nolan North. Oh, that's Nolan North. You are right. Yeah, yeah. Nolan North does does Nathan Drake. He's another big name.
1: Right. I believe Ashley Johnson is as well. I believe she does a decent amount. I think I've heard Ellie's voice somewhere.
0: Yeah, I, I want to say I've heard her name somewhere before. I think she she's pretty up there. But, yeah, and the the performances in this are incredible. I don't think there was ever a moment where I felt anything was awkward. It, like I said, it felt straight out of a movie. Um, the performances were, were spot on, and, and they were very well done. So great credit to the voice actors and the motion capture artists. On, on any occasion where those were separate, I don't know. Um, I say motion capture artists. I mean, like, motion capture actors. Right. Um, and... and you don't see that a lot in gaming. You don't see dialogue of this quality very often.
1: No, you really don't. You don't see that very often in games, no.
0: But it never misses a beat. Also, the pacing of this game is perfect, right? I mean, it's just slow enough that uh, you give a shit what's going on and you get enough background, but uh, just fast enough that the plot moves itself.
1: Absolutely. You're you, Very rarely did I get in an area where I was stuck, you know, because I was constantly moving. And a lot of it was intentional. If you were getting stuck in an area, you were supposed to. You know, there's areas where you have to really think your way through a situation. There are puzzles in this game.
0: Yeah. I felt like the hint system was pretty unobtrusive too. I mean, I'm assuming you can turn that off if you want to, but um, there are times where if you if you spend way too long in an area, the hint system will guide you. Right. So uh, you're not completely stuck in this game, and I think that's a good aspect. I mean, if, you, if you've been spending this many minutes working on this, obviously, you know, you might need... Uh, a general help. But all it'll do is it'll point the objective.
1: Yeah, that's all it's... All Not about.
0: even the path to get there or what you have to do. All it will say is it'll put a little marker where you're supposed to go. So,
1: I felt like that was a...
0: That's a very uh, well-implemented hint system, Ag- I,
1: I will add. Agreed. And I guess talking about the the, the systems they use, we have our uh, our survival theme here. And they do a really interesting way of, of doing that, which is the, your loot. And you don't find loot everywhere. It's very hard to find ammo just just chilling all the time. You know, you don't. You walk around and it's hard to find enough gear and items to keep yourself upgraded all the time. You can't go through an area, especially on hard mode like we mentioned earlier, you can't go through an area and kill a bunch of enemies and expect to have enough ammo for it all. No, you have to strategize. You have to stealth kill some or you have to get away.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And even in in the game, uh, loot is often hidden behind shiv doors and shivs are uh an an exhaustible resource in the game right which you have to craft using materials or find which you very rarely find near the the middle of the game after the beginning
1: right but uh except of course behind shiv doors yeah (laughs) so shiv
0: shiv doors of course will give you usually i think you had enough materials to create another shiv or or another shiv once you used a shiv door so right they give
1: you enough afterwards at least if you do a decent amount of looting looking around, which you shouldn't be, have to do because they they do keep it pretty restricted in most places.
0: Yeah. So the shivs are, are, are definitely a resource to uh, manage well along with, you know, your, your ammunition because shivs are, are useful both for stealth. They're, it's the only way to uh, stealth kill clickers, for instance, and you can quickly stealth
1: kill other enemies. Which um, I and, found mostly useless.
0: Yeah, and also, and also, uh, yeah, you can avoid that with the other enemies, just strategize. And also for unlocking the ship doors, of course, some of the collectibles in this game, some of the loot are one-time only, and you only have so many opportunities to get, oh, for instance, um, each of the tools, which tools are what allow you to unlock each next level of upgrading your weapons. There are certain upgrades that are only available once you have the level 2 tools, and once you have the level 3 tools, and up until 5. Right. And if you miss those, you miss them. And also the opportunities to craft on the crafting benches.
1: Of course, they're only once every once in a while, you know? Generally, right before you're about to fight enemies, you know? Yeah. Or right after. Yeah, that was interesting. In and fact, o- there was a tools behind a shiv door once, which means you had to have a shiv to get in the shiv door and get the tools. Yeah,
0: you have to be able to manage your resources. I don't think we got... Um, every upgrade there was to get in this game. I don't. even I'm not even sure if you could. It. Um, I mean, it's possible that you either have just enough loot to get every upgrade, or maybe you there is a cap and you can't get everyone. I'm not sure how the game was designed. Um, we definitely were a far cry away, I think, from getting every single of the the relics and such. Right. Yeah, we we the collectibles. we collectibles.
1: Yeah, there was there was a lot, but yeah. <laughs>
0: And like you said, just like things like the Firefly pendants and stuff.
1: Th- those are everywhere. I'm, I'm afraid we missed some. You know what I mean? Those were those were hidden sometimes.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if the game actually does have a way of tracking them. not. We may have to... I don't know. I don't necessarily feel like I need to 100% this game. All but right. I, I guess more so I feel like I need to be... I need to not miss the tools and all of the loot you can get.
1: Right. And they almost make it impossible with, with the way I mentioned earlier when you get... To like a new area, you often close yourself off from another area. Either you have to jump down off of something, you can't climb up, you shut a door and block it behind you, and you can't go back. A lot of that happens in this game to it disallow you to going back and also for a chance to call it a new encounter where you can restart and go back to a certain area.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's definitely a very linear game and you can't go back. And once you reach each new area, I mean it's essentially it's dividing the game up into levels but making it feel seamless. And you have cutscenes in between and it doesn't feel like a leveled game at all. Um, it feels like it's one thing after the next. Even more so, even more seamless than Uncharted was, I think. Um, you kind of feel like you could go back, but you know you can't.
1: Right. In Uncharted, you actually get different levels. It'll tell you on the screen, level 22. Yeah. Right? Or no, chapter, that's right. Chapter, chapter. 20. There were a bunch of chapters, I remember,
0: in the third one. But The Last of Us is one continuous story, and that's how it hooks you. It's kind of like binge-watching shows like Lost, which is all one continuous story, and it right. doesn't have a standalone episodes per se, and so you don't know when to stop, and The Last of Us is very much like that because it's one continuous story. You're not sure when to stop. You want to resolve this or resolve that. The Walking Dead. Yeah. yeah there you go. Good example of another zombie show. Um, But I was going to say, I didn't necessarily feel compelled to 100% this game for the sake of doing it, but I did feel compelled to uh, unlock all of the upgrades and collect all the loot so I could do that so that I could have everything there is to offer as far as combat goes and have an easier time with combat, you know? Because unlocking those upgrades will allow you to survive later on. And, and that's like I said, it's another aspect of survival because more than likely, I think even if you are able to collect all loot in the game, I don't think you will without consulting a walkthrough, if that's even possible. And so you're going to have to sacrifice and you're going to have to make choices and say, okay, uh, I don't know if I'll ever finish upgrading here, but I want to get this upgrade right now.
1: Right. you have You have to prioritize. Have yeah,
0: to do a lot of that. You really do. You have to make decisions, and and especially with uh, strategizing and uh, encountering enemies, you have to uh, go about it in a, in a logical way, and you have to conserve your resources and, and and keep an eye on it.
1: You asked me this question once before, and so I'm bringing it back to you. But what st- what makes this game stand alone from anything else in the gaming world?
0: I think alone, a lot of the the tropes in this game aren't necessarily unique a lot of the gameplay and story aspects but together um, it's it's an almost perfect experience for the viewer or or for the player I should say Um, but it does feel like a viewer because I think that in and of itself I think is, is the biggest quality this game has is that it feels like a movie and that knowing that this is a game from from the PS3 era the last generation that incorporates a lot of the modern aspects really gives it a special feel, and so i I definitely think it's it was influential in the world of gaming so it's the cinematic um nature of the game i think that makes it stand out to me as well as um what kind of an influence it has because this is one of the most revered titles i mean you go around you can talk to almost anybody they they've heard about the last of
1: us right it doesn't just have its place among last gen's you know games it has its own place among the next gen games yeah you know, it's it's just as good as any other big title you'll play today.
0: And part two has been anticipated for a long time. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're super excited to play that now. I'm super excited to finally jump on the bandwagon and play the game. Of course.
1: <laughs> I, I find it crazy that this game was made in 2013 because, you know, I, it's hard to believe that it's 2019 now. I mean, that's what, six years? I mean, that, that's crazy, right? I mean, this game has already been out six years, and it's fantastic.
0: So I guess the timeline with part two is, is right around the same time as real
1: time. I guess so. I would think so, yeah. Yeah. That would make the most sense, at least in development time.
0: Right. Of course, the game I know does take place in the future, I believe. Really? Or doesn't the beginning segment, isn't that in twenty twelve or twenty thirteen? But yeah, it is. Skips. But the majority of the game does take place in the future. So
1: So it would have to be, you know, twenty five years later, so it ended up being twenty thirties.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that is really cool. Um and I liked the attention to geographical detail in the prologue didn't you Uh, you had interstate highways in in texas that we recognized we we, did that's i-35 that takes you from
1: austin to san antonio yes sir which is exactly where we live in san antonio and austin is where this game takes place in the beginning yeah so you see a lot of that uh of course we we recognize a little bit i mean they didn't try to go for realism and make houses the same or anything but the idea was that you know they gave you an interstate and that was that was a real interstate that's a real place
0: yeah Joel, of course, he's a character from Texas, which influences a part of his character. Tess calls him Texas and or Tex or something. And uh, I think she, said, she says Texas. And he has kind of that southern upbringing. Although I want to say I think Joel would probably be pretty liberal compared to most Texans. I, I mean, would he, agree. He's in Austin and, and you can kind of tell. I don't know. He doesn't seem like a, a big conservative type, which is what you'd expect from a stereotype, but it completely defies stereotypes. It actually was one of the few games like I've seen or movies even you know that de- um, that portrays a uh, southern Texan character accurately as a, as a regular you know person instead of a stereotype and yet you still have like the accent and stuff of course so I don't know I just thought that was interesting being a native Texan of course, I don't know um. I wonder if people from up north listen to us and we have a a southern draw to them. I'm sure we do. Or people (laughs) in other countries. I don't know. Uh, Let us know in the comments. Let us know. uh, Give us some feedback or tweet at us, you know, at C Gaming Podcast. Let us know if, uh, to you, we sound like we have Texas accents. To us, we don't feel like we do because we know people with southern draws and we feel like we're removed. But I think Chrissy said that when she had friends in Pennsylvania, they made fun of her accent. And it felt like they were like, over portraying it when they, right. to mock her, which is really funny. I bet that's like how it is when we try to do British accents, like I did earlier.
1: Of course, Chrissy being our sister, which we planned to get on the podcast already. We will get her, I promise.
0: We wanted to get her on No Man's Sky because she's played that game before, but uh, scheduling conflicts. Chris, Chrissy's getting married.
1: Yeah, right. No, I guess more news in our world. My sister's getting married too. That's cool. Yeah, next year. So you're having a baby and. In- this month, you're getting married. You just got married. Sorry. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Uh-huh. It's crazy. Well, I guess it's about time to wrap things up here. We've uh, we've settled what we can about The Last of Us. Um, of course, we're ready in the end for Last of Us 2. We are super hyped for that. And we will, I'm sure, maybe talk about it later. Maybe do a whole episode on it. We don't know. But...
0: Uh, I I think we'll do an episode on it, and I think
1: that'll be our excuse
0: to do a Let's Play of Last of Us. There you go. We were planning a Let's Play for this episode, but we ended up deciding that it was more convenient to just go ahead and do it. Because um, due to some scheduling changes, you know, and putting Spider-Man as our season finale, which we're going to do, we are going to do a Let's Play for, um, it just made more sense to just kind of... But I think we will do a Let's Play later on this, because this is a game that's definitely worth doing a commentary on, because it feels like a movie. Or like a good binge watched uh, TV show, right? I think you said that.
1: Yeah, I, I, that's exactly what I would say. A one good one to two season TV show.
0: Yeah, I think, definitely think this could be a, a good season, you know, of content. Uh, I, I definitely see this working as like a high budget show, like uh, Game of Thrones.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: Anyway, so uh, what's coming up next in the world of collateral gaming? Well. Our next episode is going to be our season finale. Now, I believe we revealed it before already, but we'll go ahead and reveal it again now for y'all. And what is that, Dakota?
1: That is Spider-Man.
0: Spider-Man. Spider-Man PS4, um, the game that just came out last year, uh, completely floored away by it. I've played it. I've beat it. Um, I've got the platinum trophy on it, at least prior to the, all the DLC coming out. And I finished all the DLC, but I didn't platinum him. But I did, I think, 100% the maps. So I just have, like, some, like... Screwball Challenges, which count for trophies, but not for 100-percenting. It's weird. Yeah, anyway.
1: I have yet to play that one. Um, that is on my schedule. <laughs> I am planning it. I have to play it soon. I'm excited. That one, you seem really excited about it. and You're the one who's talking about how it's the best adaptation of Spider-Man. The best. Peter Parker um, today, so I'm, I'm excited.
0: I mean, I love the Tobey Maguire portrayal. I actually like the Andrew Garfield portrayal, and I think that Tom Holland is amazing. Uh, Stan Stanley said he's like the embodiment of Peter Parker. But in my opinion, Lurie Winth- Lewenthal, I uh, was also the voice of Sasuke Uchiha. There you go. <laughs> um, completely brings the character to life, and and the motion capture performance as well, um, which I believe is is somebody else, or at least his his face is modeled after somebody else. Um, and and he's a very compelling version of both Peter Parker and Spider-Man and and also that's a game that well balances. We'll save that discussion for next episode. There we go. Um stay tuned for it. Now there may be a month break before, there may not be. It just is going to depend on when my baby comes, so we don't know. Right. Um, but we will finish it up and then we'll take our full hiatus um, f- before season 2, which is starting up in September or October kicking off with uh, Uncharted, which we brought up. Yep, that's the plan. The Nathan Drake collection, which is the trilogy. Anyway, uh, any final thoughts on The Last of Us? So uh, The Last of Us, like I said, it's definitely a movie or a high budget TV series um, in terms of feel, but it adds that uh, third dimension of being able to uh, explore and it works as a game too. Uh, It's a very realistic feeling game. I like the minimalist HUD in the game as well, which uh, really added to the survival aspect and the realism aspect. I liked the cons- conservation of resources and and just the feeling of more openness really impressed me. Even knowing that it was scripted, just you know, and, and being attached to every character you come across and realizing the humanity of every character. Every character in this in this game is flawed, and there's definitely varying shades of moral grays in every single character. Nobody is perfect, so that was awesome. It's just a very real game.
1: I agree completely. Uh, wow, you really have said about as much as there is to say about that in one good summary plot. <laughs> he kind of took everything I was going to say away, but I, I just will say that this is definitely movie-worthy. I know there's a, there's a talk concept for a movie, just an idea out there, uh, but I definitely am excited for that. Yeah. Um, if that were to come to light. Yeah, that would be really cool. I believe they also want to do The Witcher. Yeah, I heard about
0: that. As eventually. a Netflix series, so Netflix wants to pick that up. They're really trying hard. They're trying to gear themselves up for... Uh, Disney Plus streaming service. Oh, yeah. Which is going to have all the Marvel shows. Um, and we'll be, get to talk more about Marvel next time. We will. Um, Bo, do you have
2: anything to say about collateral cinema? Next episode is going to be Pascal Laguerre's 2008 extreme horror cinema masterpiece, Martyrs. And goddamn, that's a hell of a movie, man.
0: Yeah, Martyrs.
2: Martyrs.
0: <laughs> I'm excited to, to watch that. I think we may even try to watch that tonight.
2: Yeah, if y'all if y'all are up to it.
0: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how I feel. Right. Um, we got to record an extra segment too. Oh, so okay. Stay you tuned. guys stay tuned. Oh, shh, that's a secret. After the credits, you know, the post-credit scene. So oh. stay tuned. I guess we'll uh, we'll go ahead and reveal that. Um, you can find Collateral Gaming on iTunes or sorry, I should say Apple Podcasts because the iTunes iTunes is going away, um, and the way we have it separated with uh, Apple Music, Apple Podcast on the iPhone is now going to be reflected on Mac as well, so nobody will be using iTunes anymore, which is great, because I think the podcasts and music should be separate apps anyway. I think that makes more sense, because they're separate things. They
1: absolutely are.
3: <laughs> so,
0: you can find Collateral Gaming and Collateral Cinema on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, uh, Google Play. Podbean, which is where we host our RSS feed, the Chill Lover Radio app. Super thankful to be working with Chill Lover Radio once again and to be a part of their network. And you should definitely follow some of their podcasts and talk shows that are on their network as well. And then also the Podcoin app, which pays you to listen to podcasts. How awesome is that, Dakota?
1: No, it's exciting. I think it's also great to, if we could get some, you know, more ideas, if people could send us in some ideas through our email. Uh, what is that? Sea Gaming Podcast? Is that what it was? Sea Gaming Podcast at iCloud.com. At iCloud.com, Right. If y'all could send us some more uh, games, that would be awesome. We just recently got a got a review for a movie that we're going to do. Uh, we're going to keep that under the wraps for now, but uh, we received an email, and so we would like to receive some of those as well. If there's any games you could send us, let's
0: uh, let let me uh, amend that. Um, the addendum to that is that um, I, I think what you're talking about is indie indie games. Right. If you are an indie game developer. Um, we definitely want you to contact us and, and and work and review your indie game. We would be happy to. Um, we've got some indie game reviews coming up. Our next one is going to be We Happy Few, which I know I've promised for a while and I've been putting off, but I believe we're going to try to do it during the break um, because Collateral Cinema is also doing, we were reached out by um, an indie filmmaker. So that'll be interesting. I think we'll we'll release those around the same time. So, yeah, if you're an indie game maker, let us know. I believe we have our eyes on a few right now, too, that I want to I wanna boost up. We definitely want to help you out. And then also, yeah, I mean, if you do have recommendations or suggestions, um, I mean, we'll be happy to hear them. I think that we're going to make that kind of a Patreon exclusive at some point. All but right. for now, I mean, we're open to ideas. If you really want us to do a game and there's a lot of consensus for it, you know? We're happy to do it. If you're a podcast and you'd like a podcast shout-out or, or promo swap or something, you know, uh, contact us and let us know. We're happy to do that as well. So We are doing the podcast shout-outs. Um, I think we're, we're, we are, are pretty booked for a few episodes now, but we'll definitely put you on a future episode if you contact us. We'll listen to your pod. And we hope that you listen to our pod. We're so thankful for all the uh, the retweets and all the fans. I didn't think anybody would want to listen to our shit. Right. <laughs> I mean... W- Honestly, I mean, this is the best we could hope for the, the possibility of maybe getting paid and getting fame for just talking about, you know, just bullshitting about stuff that we like and stuff that we love doing. So I love this. Um, excited about the opportunity. Very thankful for the, uh, the feedback we've gotten so far and happy to move forward with both collateral cinema and gaming in the future um, and be the only video game and movie podcasts that matter in your world. Anywho, that being said,
1: I'm Dakota Chancellor.
0: And I'm Ashley Chancellor. We are
1: out. Out. Ashley Chancellor. I'm Dakota Chancellor. And we, we are, are collateral, collateral
0: gaming. gaming. Welcome to Collateral Politics, the only political podcast that matters. Stop right where we here. focus on good politics. Bat- well, all right, I don't know. Is there any good politics? No. Is that, is that a thing? No. Oh,
2: yeah, hell no. Hell no. Why are we doing this?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I just always thought that we should do collateral politics.
2: This motherfucker. I disagree
1: blatantly.
0: Well, what if we did collateral crime? <laughs> there you go. Collateral crime, like a true crime. I don't know. Collateral do
2: you know true crime podcast or something like that. I, I guess so.
0: Let mm. me tell you, the podcast I shouted out. Uh, the uh, Echo On pod, yeah, they are, I'm hooked, man. I have never listened to a True Crime podcast before this, actually, I will admit. I'm kind of new to the podcast scene, but, man, I'm hooked. I started with the introduction episode, and I just keep wanting to listen and listen and listen to more. Um, It's really interesting between, like, the serial killers and the other ones, the other episodes, like the topical episodes. I don't know. I just, I really enjoy it. And um, I'm kind of humbled by the, the quality of other podcasts out there.
2: Yeah, there's some good shows out there. I mean, seriously. I mean, and, and true crime is a pretty successful genre. So
0: it's a big thing right now. So is comedy podcasts, which is something I really respect. It's just the ability to just, just bullshit and just without having to stay on topic. You know what I mean? Just, just oh,
2: improvise. Yeah. You, you should go. You should come to the country club. Yeah, it's all bullshit <laughs> that, over there. It is all bullshit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what these extra segments are doing. The the collateral gaming extras itself is kind of a. A uh, a uh, my attempt at a you know comedy podcast I guess dipping my toe in the waters, um although it would be cool if we could be a little topical with these and maybe we could use some of these for for new segments I don't know we'll see, uh, and we are going to do some more like solo type uh collateral gaming extras when we've got nothing else to release I think eventually uh I definitely if we do like at the theater episodes that'll be like our equivalent I think from now on,
2: at the theater episodes huh yeah with collateral cinema oh of course
0: yeah. Which, uh, what's the next one we're doing? Isn't it uh, Star Wars, right?
2: It should be Star Wars. Is but it Star I, Wars I, or It? I, I don't know. Maybe It.
0: I think It is coming out soon. Yeah, that than should it should be Halloween. It, right? It's coming out. It, I mean, Chapter Two.
2: We should have jumped on a couple of other movies like Brightburn and whatnot. I mean,
0: we can always do them later and then we can yeah. a spoiler. I'm telling you, Bo, I think we may need to do like a, a spoiler in game episode. Like a little bit after the fact, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, that might be a good idea. Yeah, honestly, yeah. we're
1: if you haven't seen Endgame at this point, I mean, wasn't there like, wasn't there like statistics saying like half of America has already watched Endgame? Something like, like that. Like honestly, oh, the spoiler ban is over. The so. spoiler ban is over. It better be. At this point, we can't stop talking about Marvel. We can't. It's, it's 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 such a beautiful universe. There, you know.
0: You know what else that we don't we haven't talked about this episode?
1: We did not. Oh my god,
0: we did not. If everybody loved each other, the world would be a better place to live. Ding! Okay, we check that off. love
1: is blind.
0: And you have a tiny wiener. And little nuts. And some little nuts.
2: <laughs> I can't believe that you didn't smash that DVD. I actually it
1: stomped on. Oh, by the way, it's still out there. Uh, it's still out in the in the yard. Oh, it after is. After Bo threw it out there, and, yeah. It's and still I stomped out there. on it. I stomped on Nastar Disguise because you know it, it kind of deserved it. Totally. Well, it, for some strange reason, it is indestructible. After multiple stops, it still manages to be a perfect disc and, and just scratched. Just like the fact that
0: no matter how much we want to forget this movie, we keep on having to bring it up, we and on and, on. and it persists in our memories of us of us springing up. It's like a, a, a collateral cinema tradition at this point. If we ever did like a collateral cult, it it, it would be the room quotes, and it would be rituals involving master of disguise. You got it, or revolving the, uh, involving the lack thereof. You don't have to do that because. I'm leaving all this shit unedited.
1: Well, kill yourself.
0: <laughs> I literally, no, no. With the extra segments, I literally, I just throw it on. Whatever it is, Sounds it great. stays. Um, even if we drop an in bomb it, it's just going to have to stay. It's it, going to have to stay. It's going to be there. I mean, I guess we're just going to have to get Twitter blasted.
1: Even my uh, kill yourself jokes, I can't say those? Or is that too uh, suicidal?
0: Uh, this is a podcast. Pe- pe- people can, pe- people know not to be like, it has an explicit <laughs> warning on it. People know not to be su- too sensitive. There you go. Let's just not be like assholes, you know?
2: Also, just just generally, don't take any of us seriously. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> nobody. Fucking, we're fucking idiots on all these podcasts.
0: I'll tell you what: if you need help, go get help. Okay, don't kill yourself, obviously. Obviously. Hey, you can DM any of us. We'll talk to you. We're you we're go. we're, to- we're good people.
2: To- totally. We 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 don't want people doing that sort of thing so
0: not that we're professionals you should definitely contact professionals but oh yeah of course we'll, we'll be like talk therapy for you or something like we're, we're, we're good guys you can you can dm any of us personally I,
2: I feel like we should hit up the victims and villains podcast on that that's one of their things is suicide prevention through a pop culture lens yeah
1: that was one of your shout outs what do you yeah. know we're talking about a lot of shout outs right now <laughs> yeah i
2: mean that that they're they have a good show honestly i recommend them
0: we, we actually do need to do a recommendations podcast, right? Oh,
1: yeah, totally.
2: Certainly, Recom- certainly.
0: Recommendations episode.
2: We should do a recommendations episode on collateral cinema. Just everybody brings like three movies that they really want people to see that, you know, maybe maybe they you feel like they haven't seen it yet. Yeah. You know?
0: But we could also do a podcast recommendations episode on bot. On, on, that would be or, cool. Either or both channels or together, like a YouTube video. I don't know. It's just an idea. I've seen some people do that. Um, just you know, it would probably be strictly related to like gaming slash movie podcasts. Which with our shout outs we're not strictly limiting them to to gaming right now. Um, I mean, obviously, movie podcast is fine because collateral cinema uh, podcast in our network, like uh, Trial by Error, Country Club, uh, we like to shout out. And also, I mean, the one we did today was a it was a true crime, so that's interesting. That's way out. But um, Chris and Christian did say that, or at least Chris did. He was the one that contacted me. He said that he's that the last of us was an awesome game. So uh, maybe one or both of them are gamers. There you go. That, that, that would be pretty cool. I mean, he said he liked the last of us. So that's why we're putting it on this episode. Cause he's the only person who contacted me that said he really liked the game we were doing. I oh
2: don't... Wow. That's cool.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, next episode, the, uh, Spider-Man, we have a, uh, there was a podcast that focused, I'm struggling to remember the name now. Um, I, I still need to listen to it and I'm going to listen to all of these and, Recommend them for you guys, but um, it was a. See, I'll pull it up here. It, it focused on superheroes and actually, like, uh, the psychology of superheroes. I believe.
1: Yeah, I would like to spend some time, maybe, maybe on extras or, or maybe something later we can just do on our own. But we can just, you know, get into the philosophy. You uh, know,
0: capes on the couch. That's ah, it.
1: capes on the couch.
0: Sorry, I didn't get that right away. I haven't listened to you guys yet, but I will if you're listening. Um, I'm I'm very very interested because. What you told me is that uh, you are analyzing the psychiatric and mental health issues of superheroes. So uh, I guess there's a shout out right there, but there you go. that's not our official shout out. We'll shout them out later on our next Spider Man episode, because I think like that's appropriate. There you go. Um, and then we were also commented we were also contacted by Nerds Amalgamated. So that that's a future shout out. Um, I think I wanna do on a video episode. Because I think with the video podcasts, we can also do a shout out on those that's separate from what we do on the audio.
2: Yeah, we need to do a v- video podcasting for Collateral Cinema as well. I think honestly. next season we should jump on board with that. We totally should. I mean, I've got the apps for it and everything. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sw- Switcher. Check check out that app if you're into streaming.
0: Collateral gaming for this season, anyway, is uh, other than our pilot episode, our video podcasts are just going to be our, our audio overlaid over gameplay cl- clips. But next season, um, if Claudeville Cinema is also jumping on board, I think we'll do it together. We'll start filming ourselves. Yeah. And we'll intersperse that, of course, with gameplay content and also the, the clips that we normally do. And in both cases, movie clips and gameplay
1: clips. Which I'm excited to do for this Last of Us episode that we just recorded because that's yes. going to be awesome
0: yes um yeah the audio clips and these are gonna be perfect because they'll be just like movies
1: it's absolutely a movie like we talked about already you know
0: yeah and i may insert those as we talk about each part or or not we'll see um i may not even have to use a trailer clip for this
2: <laughs> i'm tired of this damn chair this that chair <laughs> is this chair needs to get that chair at the is door like master of disguise that chair is fucking bullshit stop I fucking
0: moving it. dakota like, you know how many I, times we're going to cut that out or the hey damn here's,
2: here's an idea switch chairs this one's more comfortable than the oh, other this motherfucker?
0: <laughs> you know what? And I think in one of my first episodes I did with Collateral Cinema, you called me out on on making the sound in the video, and we just rolled with it. We kept it in. Yeah. Because you talked yeah. about it, and it was funny.
2: Oh, yeah, it was.
0: And, and it's always funny. Because like, you,
2: you, you had a propensity for fiddling around with the goddamn mic cable. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Well, it, it, it's... It, that's why podcasts are so interesting is people don't like it being overproduced and they like to hear, I think, a little bit of flaw. You know? Your dog's barking in the background yeah. or It adds to the feel. There I don't know. is
2: there's a lot of podcasts like that where they're like straight popping open beers and everything. I mean, hell, you hear that on We Hate Movies. So
0: That's cool. I mean, it adds to the casual feel. I mean, we're and it's not just an illusion. Like we're just sitting here talking to each other. We just happen to have mics up.
1: Right.
4: That's you, how it yeah. feels
0: with us, is we're just talking about shit that we normally talk about. But, you know, we're doing a little bit more research and we're recording ourselves. Um, I think that's what's really fun. And I, I'm having a blast with this. You know what I mean? I, I'm so overwhelmed by um, by the uh, the response. I mean, I know we're, we're just getting kicked off on Collateral Gaming, but Collateral Cinema, um, we've gotten almost 3,000 downloads. Uh, we're getting close. What is the number now, though? 2,750, right?
2: 2,750 downloads. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's amazing! Thank you, thank you, Collateral yes, Cinema th- listeners.
2: Yes, thank thanks to everyone who's listening to the to this show, and thanks to everybody who's li- who's listening to Collateral Gaming. I mean, I understand the numbers aren't nearly as high, but y'all are getting there.
0: Yeah, and I'm working on my editing. I know that my editing, in my opinion, when I look at our, like our first few episodes, I'm like, ah, yeah, the editing is so bad. And then, like like Fable Three, a lot of it's very awkward and obvious. And then continuing on from there, like I think I just cut too much, and I cut out. The, the podcast feel, which is a little bit of silence. You don't want too much yeah. dead air, but just enough silence that it's like, okay, they're in a room together. They're talking. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Don't My editing our, has gotten much more minimal now. Hey, hey,
1: don't get all our, give everybody all of our tips and tricks. Come on. Give it to
2: us. Yeah, we need we need to keep some trade secrets. Right?
1: Well, and we want you guys to feel like your experience is this
2: exactly
0: right. as it was for us. But once in a while, we do stumble on our words. Uh, oh, yeah. Because we're, we're tired and a little inebriated.
1: I'm tired i'm wasted i, I love, love you babe
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and and it's but and sometimes there's there's just like we lose our train of thought and you know there's just seconds of silence so we cut yep, that
1: shit out that uh that happens a lot more than you think
0: <laughs> i i i guess if if you don't notice it then not, i mean that i've done my job well um if you do notice it then uh let me know i can do my job better <laughs> Um yeah guys if you want to give us ratings or whatever um let us know obviously uh higher ratings are appreciated but yes, ra- ra- there's ra- be honest, always you know. room
1: for improvement ash yeah. that's
2: right always ra- ratings and reviews definitely for both collateral gaming and collateral cinema
0: yeah go, go yeah. hit us up on apple podcasts or whatever platform you're on yeah um, yeah give us a rating five star ratings are great honest ratings are better
2: l- l- look for our uh, podbean patron pl- page and also coming soon we're going to work on it during the break we're going to get our patreon set up officially eventually yes yeah
0: we want to get the patron content on Claudal gaming as well Start yeah. getting our, our let's plays out which over the break i'm going to catch up on and also get the, our video podcasts out um I'm, I'm kind of just saving it for the break i know i'm gonna have a lot of time because i'm taking a week i'm sorry i'm taking a month off of work for the baby but i'm also not going to be recording or editing well i'll be editing but not recording things for collateral cinema and gaming so you may miss my voice on a few episodes on cinema but collateral gaming can't continue without me so <laughs> <laughs> it's just me and dakota so that's it <laughs> if one of us is gone we don't have a podcast
2: yeah rip
1: which sooner or later we'll be getting, getting a uh, new co-host hopefully yeah we want to get uh, uh what's the face jake on board Hopefully he may not be a permanent member, but at least at least something we can get some Skype calls, which is eventually what we're planning on doing with cinema and gaming. Maybe get some special guest stars in, so we can get our Skype call set up.
0: Yeah, and some yeah. of our guest hosts I do have uh, like Bo and Robert and mind as like official like special guests. On the episode, because I've had games that have them in mind. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to have their... And we're also going to do some more like retro games, so we can kind of fit in with your...
2: I want to do an episode focusing exclusively on light gun arcade games. I think there's
0: definitely an opening for a bonus episode on that. That would be really cool. Yeah, after House of the Dead, how can we not do
2: one? I know, right? I mean, there's so many great ones, even going back to the old days. I mean, shit.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun um anyways guys sorry in, in any way guys let's get How our grammar right Dare you um i know i know i'm tired Anywho. um i think that's just about it we've bullshitted long enough yeah. wasted your time um yeah. thanks for letting us i mean honestly we're just so happy that and if anybody's listening you know and
2: damn it <laughs> that chair it is evil yeah i'm getting rid of it tonight
0: i'm not even i'm not even gonna cut anything And the. The extra so just so been... you know,
1: I did it multiple times during the episode as well.
4: Yeah. You did, and <laughs> yeah. if I do
0: my job editing right, you're not gonna notice. But if I don't, and Dakota fucked it up, then you're gonna hear a little bit of there you go of banging. So hopefully, we'll be okay. Yeah. Um. Whatever. It adds to the charm, I guess. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. So, right. Well, you can you can end the video now if you want, or, or I mean the audio. I mean we you know.
1: There's, there's nothing yeah. after this point. There's nothing yeah, of any value. Okay. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, just listen to Collateral Cinema. Listen to Collateral Gaming. Right. Check collateral us out.
1: Cinema, yeah. D- don't, don't listen to them. We're good. It's Collateral Oh,
2: gaming, these, these idiots. <laughs> these, these assholes. I and, swear to God. And
0: definitely don't wait until the very last second to hear the very last joke that I put on here. Because obviously, it's not anything of any value. It's not even going to be a good joke. In fact, you'll be much better off not having heard this. These nuts got it. <laughs> this. Collateral Gaming is an L Company production. All music and game clips are owned by their respective creators, are used for educational purposes only, and are fair use. Please don't sue us. We're poor.
4: Oh my goodness, this is awful!